Hello and welcome into week three of the podcast. My name is Matt Matera and my guest today will be Danny Kale. Really excited to talk to him about all things football, fantasy related. We're also going to talk about Bay Area sports. Danny was born and raised just south of San Francisco. And there's a lot of great things going on with the San Francisco Giants, with the Golden State Warriors upcoming season, Clay Thompson coming back from injury, um, and San Francisco, Santa Clara, however you want to say, 49ers, who are having a pretty good season as well. I think they're going to be uh, a powerful team based on what I've seen so far. So without further ado, let's welcome in Danny Kale. Welcome. Welcome to the Football Pod. Host Matthew Matera. Football in the States is my specialty. That's how we did this show. Right. Tampa Bay is an excellent, excellent football team. You ready to let the dogs out? You think it's so funny, huh? Funny how? I'm really trying to sort of keep it together and be like cool about this. They kick the ball off to you, you get the ball. You run with the ball, they tackle you. A lot has been made about the great running backs. The New York Giants. So many good things have been happening. Let us begin. How have you been, brother? Good, man. How was uh, how was the trip back east? That was good. Played enough golf to where I'm sick of it somehow, which I never thought was possible. Yeah, so it looked like you guys got Beth Page. Yeah, we played uh, Beth Page Black. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just kidding about being sick of it. I I, I love golf. Um, played Beth Page Black, which was awesome, and then Oak Hill east course um up there in rochester um which is pretty incredible as well i think actually harder than beth page somehow really yeah at least with the green speeds i think beth page they they leave them a little soft um because you know it gets a lot of play being a public course whereas oak hill probably gets you know 75 rounds a day maybe less so they can sure. they can keep the speeds up and beth page their big thing it's just a huge course isn't it it's monstrous. I mean, so is Oak Hill. We played the back tees. It was 73, 70, almost 7,400 yards. Beth Page plays to about 7,300 as well. So just a big course. Nice. Um, fescue, too. I mean, if you get offline at Beth Page, you're just, it's graduated rough. It's a little, you know, it's like thin, you know, really tight fairways. And then it, the, the rough gets thicker and thicker in a hurry. I never really thought about it. They they did a great job with fescue. It's just a nice word. It's a nice I word. Like they, I feel like they could have done more with the rough. Yeah, rough and then fescue. Fescue sounds great. Rough, it's just like, oh, it's it's difficult. So let's just call it rough. Maybe they want to make it a little bit fun because they know it's going to be fun or not fun to hit out of. So they got to yeah. make up a word. And what kind of old-timey word is fairway? Ah, oh, the fairway. True. Green is the most uncreative part of the whole thing, right? (laughs) Oh, the green Um, part. I guess we got the uh, golf talk. Do you have any Bryson long drive updates? Um, Yeah, I'm watching it right now. I mean, the broadcast is absolutely terrible. It's on YouTube. There's 11,000 people watching. They can't get the scoreboard updated in time. So we're, we're relying on Kyle Berkshire, who's in the booth, to give us updates on how far Bryson hit it. Um, He's hitting it into the wind 350, which is... I would say pretty good. <laughs> That's crazy. It's, um, it's his, like he, he's kind of like a uh, modern day happy Gilmore. Yeah. Bryson. His boss. Yeah. It, they were saying, you know, he leads the field in accuracy by far. Like, you know, a lot of these guys are missing the, the, the grid 
on most of their shots and he hasn't missed one yet in the second round. So how far, like what kind of width do they have to work with? It's like a hundred yards. It looks like, or something. It's, it's pretty big. That, that sounds like a drive that I could hit. <laughs> yeah. It's like a driving range, you know, it's like you have to hit it over the fence on the side to like miss the grid. That's pretty um, crazy. But their ball, their ball speed's like 210 miles an hour. So it's just, it's coming out all kinds of angles. What's uh, what's Bryson? What's his ball speed like on the tour? Like when he's driving? Um, yeah, I remember when he passed two hundred about six months ago. That, but they said he was right around two ten today. But he's not trying to swing two ten when he's on tour. Uh, I think he's trying to. I think two hundred is like his nice easy swing. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't really have a hundred yards to work with on the tour. Yeah. So ball speed wise, I think my club has speeds like 108. I don't know what my ball speed is, but it's not even close to obviously. <laughs> I haven't checked lately, but I, I think mine's under 200. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, haven't checked recently. They're all like baseball players too. They keep saying, oh, this guy played double uh, A ball for the, you know, whatever, Tallahassee. They should uh, they just let him hit a few off the tee. They should have some regulations. Some of the guys, it's like knee high. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they just have like crazy long drivers and all that stuff, right? I think I think that's the deal. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how they're doing it. In this round, this is someone named Taiga Tazawa is winning from Japan. He has one at 350 right now. I didn't I didn't imagine Japan being a hotbed for long drivers, but yeah, apparently he's the crowd favorite. Imagine that Bryson's not the crowd favorite. Who would have guessed? I was gonna say that's where the uh... Happy Gilmore similarities kind of die. He was yeah. kind of like the people's champion. And I don't know. I, it seems like Bryson might get a little bit of a popularity boost from the Ryder Cup, but uh, yeah. he's got a way to go. Well, just so we don't bore all, <laughs> bore all the listeners, is it bore or bored? Bore. Bore. Once, once they listen to us, they're bored. But <laughs> yeah, just so we don't bore a tunnel here, um, yes. let's switch it over to football. Sure. So, Fantasy football this year. I'm sorry to say that I, I I beat you this year, but or this week. But let's yeah. let's let's go back to draft night. So you drafted tenth overall on the shoehorn. You got Saquon and Aaron Jones. I would rate that about a B or B plus. How are you feeling about those picks? Uh, well, I thought I don't know. I, I wasn't really sure what I would get out of Saquon early, and I don't know. It's one of those offenses you don't really want to touch. So it's kind of. I mean, you feel good about getting the guy at 10 because he's probably projected to go like five or something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's probably a reason that he slid to 10. So it's happy to get him. But, you know, a little bit nervous about what I'm actually going to get out of my top pick. Um, yeah, Aaron Jones, I'm, I'm thinking he'll be pretty good this year. Yeah, that's a steal. Second round pick. I mean, that's a he, he's looking good so far. He had that one incredible game where he's got I think he had three receiving touchdowns maybe through in a running rushing touchdown in the fourth quarter um yeah that was good to see <clears throat> so yeah i was kind of on the fence you know do you go running back wide receiver or just two running backs but i thought there'd be enough wide receiver depth this year to uh kind of i didn't really see it too much when you looked around at running back so i just thought i might as well snag a second running back there well, you have to look at the what other people are doing too, and like the running backs were just flying off the board in our league. Everyone was going crazy on running backs early. So, if you didn't yeah. designate one of those first two picks or three picks, there was nothing left to pick from. Yeah. What What were your top two? 
Um, so first pick was Alvin Kamara. And right. then when it came around again, I took uh, Cooper Cup, I think. No. It's um, a good question. Good question. Looking now. Were you picking like four or five? I picked third. Why do I not know who I took second round? I, I the reason I'm saying Cooper Cup is because he's I think he's the number one receiver now, but he was in on draft night. So I took I took Calvin Ridley, who hasn't hasn't panned out yet. Yeah, hopefully yeah. he gets there. I mean, Cup's looking really good though. I was I was trying to get in so on that Rams too with Woods, thinking that there'd be enough yeah. to, uh, enough volume around, but it it's really looking like you know Cup is their stud, and then it just kind of just you know depends on that week. Yeah, so your team name is Alligator Blood. Amazing rounders reference. Love it. World Series of Poker is coming up a couple months. There's we get we get a play in there at some point, I, Matt. We do. There's 88 events. We don't have to play in the main event. You know, obviously everyone knows the ten thousand dollar buy-in. Um, I was looking through their lineup of events. So obviously they've got everything. They got Raz, seven card stud, Omaha. They got some deep stack, no limit hold them. They got some six-handed hold them. They got uh, Millionaire Maker, No Limit Hold'em. I found a fun one. So they have a $2,000 short deck Hold'em event. They remove the two through the five from the deck. What do you think <laughs> about that? Too, too gimmicky? I mean, that kind of sounds like uh, something you'd find in Vegas Vacation, you know, right next to the walls. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Maybe that I, I feel like some point in the next few years, we got to get in one of those, man. Yeah. I would love to do one of those gimmicky ones, especially if they just like invented it on the spot because it kind of levels the playing surface, kind of resets everything. True. True. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I can't say that I know what Raz is. It's the worst five in a seven card stud hand, I think. Uh, okay. You try to make the worst hand possible. Gotcha. And so I know like Omaha, two, three, right? four, five, seven is the best hand you could have. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Not that much fun to play trying to make the worst hand. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I like hold them. Played Omaha back in the day, but I, I just like hold them better. Yeah. Okay, got some trivia for you here. Oh, real quick, Niners football. I, I appreciate trivia. You, I appreciate you hopping on all these other topics because my fantasy team is not that good. Yeah, we're gonna get <laughs> off of fantasy. We're gonna move on to just general, general I'll, I'll stuff. Take, I'll take the B plus for now, and we'll see how that pans out. Okay, who's gonna be the Niners quarterback come playoff time? Quarterback. Yeah, I think it's going to be barring injury. I think it'll be Jimmy G this year. I think they'll keep kind of rolling the uh, approach. Love Lance in different packages. I think we'll start seeing him more in games. But is from my point of view, the only real case for Trey Lance starting is if Jimmy goes on a bad run, and then if Jimmy goes on a bad run, maybe we're not in the playoffs. So I'd I'd go with Jimmy for the playoffs, but I think I think you'll start to see Trey having a bigger role as the season goes on. Okay, so I looked into this. So there's some good teams in the NFL and there's some bad teams. Now, this is not ranked on like the teams win loss. I I want to rank them on the lowest ticket prices and the highest ticket prices. Do you oh, know who the Do you know who the three lowest ticket price teams are this season? Thinking about, I, I wanted to say Jacksonville just based on what they're putting out on the field, but I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit of excitement with uh, Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, all of that stuff. So maybe they're not okay. in there, but 
That's they're the third. Probably what, that's probably what a Jags ticket is worth. They're the third lowest, or you know, thirtieth, thirtieth uh, highest ticket price in the league. We got, any, any other guesses? I'm trying to think a combination of smaller markets and bad teams. Uh, let's see. So we got Jags third lowest. Huh. Kind of working around the league in my head a little bit. I mean, maybe Detroit. I can't imagine people spending too much money to see the Lions. I don't have them in my bottom three. Gotcha. But who, I would, I would, have, I would have also assumed that as well. Maybe the Jared Goff reinvigorated, reinvigorated the fan base a little bit there. Um, Dan, Dan Campbell just whipped up Detroit into a frenzy. So yeah, number two is. Lowest is Miami. Okay. Kind of surprising. You know, that's surprising with Tua, right? Yeah. Well, in Miami, people they just they love doing drugs, they love spending money. I'm kinda (laughs) I'm kinda surprised by that. And number one is the Jets, who also have kind of a fun young quarterback. I I wanted to say the Jets, but just that market. I didn't think the uh huh. Yeah. You can sit upper deck at MetLife for about twenty five dollars on average. Wow. That's probably about – it's probably good. You you don't want to be too close to that team to see them. I think being <laughs> farther away, you're a little yeah. bit farther from all the interceptions, so that's kind of nice. Yeah. Okay, how about the three highest? Three highest? Uh, I think the Cowboys might be on Do there. you want me to give you the records? Would that be helpful? No, it's okay. It's okay. okay. I, I want to say the Cowboys would be in that mix. Uh, I do not have them listed here. Huh. I guess it's a huge place. Uh, what about the Rams? That uh, that's got to be a hot ticket this year. Not top three. Okay. Sorry. I feel like the fans are is there Lambo. What about Green Bay? They didn't crack the top three. Man, I got to get one of these Raiders. Number one, Las Number Vegas one, Raiders. I, so you're saying there's a chance. Uh, three and zero. Oh. The other two teams on the list are one and two right now. Really. Uh, one of them's got to be the Chiefs. Yep, that's correct. The Chiefs and who else? Chiefs are number Patriots? two. Patriots are number three. Okay. I'm kind of I'm so. kind of surprised that uh, Houston isn't in the bottom three. Maybe Mac Jones, just uh, kind of driving people to go to New England games. Um, yeah. Yeah, you get the the Patriot fan loyalty. I don't know what else there is to do around Foxborough on a Sunday. There's nothing else to do except go to a football game. Yeah, you get your Dunkin' Donuts and, you know, you see what Belichick's <laughs> on the field. What do you think about that Belichick-Brady drama uh, where apparently Brady asked to have a meeting before he left the team officially for the Bucks, and uh, Belichick said he could only, you know, only do a phone call. But he, Belichick did say today, though, he denied it. He denied that that was the case, but... I, I believe it. I think there's also... <laughs> It does sound like it, it, it sounds like Belichick. Uh kind of like uh he's a little Saban-esque. I don't know if you saw when Nick Saban was on uh, Monday Night Football with the Manning brothers, but he said that I, he was basically on like I think he was on in the third quarter and he said he was like basically on a break between meetings. Like yeah. I mean he's he's just <laughs> he's kind of wired that way. But, yeah, he just treats everybody the same. Nobody's special. That's kind of his his whole thing, even Tom Brady, which makes no no logical sense. It might be the only flaw in Bill Belichick's thinking is that he just couldn't make an outlier exception for Tom Brady in his framework 
of the world. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that in his general, well, his general disposition and his fashion sense. <laughs> but yeah, that's just football stuff, though. I mean, that's just football coaches are quirky, right? They're just like these tough guy, no nonsense. You know, they have these rules that they abide by for no reason. Yeah, I think it just comes with like it's the same thing, like for like generals in like old timey wars, like they just have to have this like sort of like way of commanding the the troops where they're not really a person they're just like this set of rules that you have to abide by and they can't show a personality or that'd be the end of the world sure yeah yeah Patton. he was an interesting guy you got bruce bruce arians with his kangle hat exactly they're basically the same person reincarnated basically you yeah you go from the helmet to the kangle now Um, i i did like the anecdote from that book that apparently Kraft said that belichick was basically the biggest pain in his ass (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. the biggest asshole in his life, something to that effect. Uh, yeah, so I thought I thought that was kind of funny. A lot of dirt coming out. Normally, those things kind of stay under wraps, but yep. So yeah, wonder, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess not too much on that. I was kind of curious who the writer is, kind of what they. Belichick said that it was you know a lot of second and third hand accounts and stuff like that. So that was his kind of that was his excuse today in the presser. I think, I think where there's smoke, there's fire. So, tell me about the San Francisco Giants. That's what I really want to talk about. So that's your favorite team. They're the number one team in baseball. 103 wins, going for a win 104 tonight. Six games left, seven games left, and two uh, games up on the Dodgers. Two games up, yeah, down right to the stretch. I mean, just having a hell of a year, and definitely not one that you would predict at the beginning of the season. Um, I don't know how far over their projected win total they are, but yeah, I mean, they've, they've definitely. Oh, I've been... got it. Original over under was 75.5 games. Damn. So pre- pretty comfortably so in the over. Plus 30 over. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think, a few I think... standard deviations over the, over yep. the prediction. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a cool year. I think they're definitely a feel good story. You know, around the league, there's a pretty big youth movement, but they're, kind of getting a resurgent year from a few other vets um, and then kind of making something out of nothing with some of the pickups from Farhan. So yeah. Tell me about like, Farhan. Yeah. I mean, when you first, right? yeah, Farhan, Farhan's Zaidi, I think. Uh, PhD from Cal uh, behavior economics. Just, just a big background, brain. big, big, big brain. Interesting <laughs> background. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, initially it's kind of odd, you know, coming over from the Dodgers, but you can kind of see him, you know, building a similar type of team. You know, a lot of platoons, just like a ton of depth, which I wouldn't have really thought of as much coming into the year, but I think that's really, you know, playing out to their benefit. So is it um, sort of a a spinoff of like a money ball type approach? Like I saw one article that said that one of the things he instituted in Los Angeles and in San Francisco now is he has the entire pitching staff throwing less bad pitches. So examining what pitches ended up being hit out of the park for home runs. And he said that, you know, why, why not just take that pitch out of your repertoire? You know, whether it's that slider that you throw 12 times a game, don't throw it anymore. It's like, well, the pitcher's like, well, I only have three pitches, right? So now I'm down to two pitches. It's like, yeah, but the slider is the one that, you know, three out of 12 times goes out of the park. So even though you like to have the repertoire of like the different pitches and the mixing it up, just completely remove that from your, your repertoire. That was kind of the, one of the things I read in an article. I don't know how true that is, or if you heard something similar. 
that's pretty cool i hadn't i hadn't heard that one but uh yeah i mean that's pretty interesting i hadn't i hadn't really heard as much about you know the analytics department getting in with the pitchers that closely but i mean that makes a lot of sense uh yeah i mean to your money ball comment i think it seems like they've gone around and they're just kind of you know targeting people that are maybe a little bit undervalued by the league or not you know really being as pursued um you know, getting a lot out of some free agents who are in their young 30s, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they got to just have a good eye for talent. It's pretty impressive. And then Crawford and Posey, the vets, they're both batting 300 right now. That's that's great, right? It's great to see. I mean, they're, they're both having good years built, too. He, unfortunately, he just, I think he broke his thumb and he got hit by a pitch. Mm. But, he was, yeah, I saw one article. It was pretty cool. The uh, first base position for the Giants is, like on an aggregate is performing at an MVP level. So I thought wow. that was pretty impressive. Yeah. Belts over the last two years, he's um, I think his OPS plus is, you know, right. And with like, I think it was something like the top five in the league. So he's, then, um, he's been playing really well. Best pitcher, Kevin Guzman, Guzman, Kevin, Kevin Gossman. He was, I like Guzman now. That's kind of spicy. Guzman, uh, the goose man, the, the goose man uh yeah first first half of the season he was pitching really really well and then he was struggling a little bit i guess he was having a ton of success with with his uh splitter in the first half and then i guess he was having some struggles with that but it sounds like he's kind of rounding back into form at a good time and then uh next to him logan webb he's been he's been kind of the horse in the second half of the season so one of our younger starters and you, you like to see that because you're definitely going to need a few arms come playoff time. Yeah. Speaking of playoff time, the Dodgers are still the expected, the, the best, the best um, Vegas odds to win the world series. They're plus three twenty five. Last I checked Astros are number two at plus four seventy five. Giants are at plus 700 to win it all. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah. I mean, I think, well, I think just with all the big names on the Dodgers, it's well, and just such a they're just such a massive team. I think that'll attract a lot of the betters. Um, I'm kind of surprised that the Astros were first out of the AL. I might think of the Rays, but yeah, I mean the Astros are a good team too. But I I don't know. I mean I think I think a lot of the depth and just the different kind of looks the Giants can give. I think they'll be a tough team uh, in a seven game series. Hopefully Yankees they're making a game. I'm definitely hoping they get around that. Yeah, it would be pretty sad. I mean, I guess the Dodgers are in this position right now, but it'd be pretty sad to play in a wild card game with 100 plus wins. Yeah, well, then you're you know you're going to run into the it looks like the Cardinals, and they've just been on a crazy run. Yeah, let's say Yankees yeah. have won like eight in a row as well. They're going to be they might be a hot team come playoff time. Although the Rays have had their number all season, so if they can avoid them, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, definitely a lot of strong teams in the mix. Should be interesting. Definitely going to have to go see some playoff baseball. For sure. For all the, ba- the fan where, fair weather baseball fans come out in the Bay Area. Like, I just, you know, started tuning in a month ago. It's That's pretty right. sad. I'm sorry that you're, you know, you, you it must be tough as, like, this this big fan of the team to just, you know, you go to the games, it's, it's $6 in May, and then, you know, come playoff time, you got to pay $200 because all these people come out of the woodwork acting like they know anything about the team. That's okay. Uh, no, it's, uh, the more the merrier. It's back because <laughs> there was, uh, there was actually a time, it'd be hard to believe now, but that the Giants almost left San Francisco. So we'll, we'll take all Crazy. the fans that we can get. 
crazy. Who was right. your team growing up, Matt? You know, I lived right in the middle of the Yankees Red Sox rivalry. So I was like a fan of the rivalry, but I didn't really pick a side. Connecticut, no teams, you know, just kind of kind of coasted, didn't really, didn't really commit to any any teams. I certainly wasn't going to become a New York Mets fan, that's for sure. Yankees always seemed a little too clean shaven, buttoned up for me. Um, and then the Red Sox, you know, they were like a fun team to root for, like with, uh, you know, Manny Ramirez, Pedro Martinez. Um, they were, they're a really fun team to like, to like kind of root for, but at the same time, I didn't really feel like that team really has a feel of like, that's Boston's team. So you always feel like an outsider if you can't really jump on that bandwagon. Sure. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't peg you as a Yankees guy, but I, I don't know if you're a big enough asshole to be a Red Sox fan. So that no. you know, that might be tough. No, I think I, I definitely leaned Red Sox when I was watching those games. Like, like just please beat the Yankees. But sure. I, I, I would call myself a fan of that team. And and they, it was, they had Nomar growing up. Nomar, David Ortiz. They had some really good players. Yeah, Nomar's a hoot, dude. I'd love to no- have him on the podcast someday if he would ever come on. We got to reach out to him. I don't know if anyone has any contact with Nomar. He's, uh, I yeah. think it's right that his his name is just the flip of his dad's Ramon, and then really? he just around in Nomar. I think so. That's amazing. But we'd have to fact check that. Yeah. yeah, they're they're in the second wild card right now. I think Red Sox, Yankees in the first wild card. Gotcha. See how that plays out. All right, NFL, real quick. We're, uh, we're keeping these podcasts pretty short these days. So this is the last segment. We need to get your week four NFL picks. Okay. Are you ready? Let, let's do it live, Matt. Cue the music. Okay. First pick, Ravens at the Broncos. Denver's negative one favorite. Favorite by one point. Who do you think is going to win that game? I'd take the Ravens. I think the Broncos have looked good, but you look at who they've played. I think they've... I want to say they've played the Jets. They've played the Jaguars. So it, it'll kind of be their first real test against a good team. Um, yeah. And Baltimore's playing with a little, mo- little bit of momentum. And, well, I mean, selfishly, I got to go with them. Hopefully Lamar has a good game. Yeah. Um, I like the way Lamar's like The running game is uh, leaves a little bit to be desired. I think on their like practice squad, they have Le'Veon Bell, they have Devontae Freeman, they have all these guys. Like it's it'll be interesting to see who they finally bring up, if anybody. But I don't, I don't, I can't remember a running back who dropped off the cliff more than Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, him or Todd Gurley, right? That's a good, that's a good question. Who do you, well, whose fall from grace was quicker and swifter? Well, I think for me, like I just find the Le'Veon Bell one so confusing because Gurley, you can kind of point to injuries and stuff like that. Uh, Although, I mean, he really, he was top in the league and then he just fell off. But Le'Veon, I feel like it just kind of, he got the extra spotlight with his holdout, trying to get his value and all that. And then uh, what he signed with the Jets. That's what happened. That's probably what happened, right? You know, you can't. (laughs) It's just not a good idea either. I mean, you look at. It's never a good idea. He got paid though, man. He got paid 20 plus million a year. True. Yeah, that's, so I mean, that's, that's pretty nice. But I mean, you look at you look at these players out of the shadow of the Jets. You got Darnold, who, what I think with the Jets, he was seeing ghosts, and now he looks like an NFL quarterback. Best so, quarterback they've had in years is like Vinny Testaverde. It's been it's been a little while. <laughs> yeah, and they had like one good Chad Pennington season, something like that. Oh, yeah, of course, but, forgot about Chad Pennington. When you're when you're pulling for those names, that's it's kind of a sign that uh, 
you know, not not so good. We'll see how the Zach Wilson kid works out. Yeah, ever since Super Bowl three, man, they just haven't been able to get it together. <laughs> they just haven't been able to quite get it clicking. <laughs> um, second game, Steelers at the Pack Packer Packer seven point favorites. Uh, I'd take. Yeah, I mean, I'd take the Packers on that. Is it in Green Bay? That's correct. Yeah, it's in, it's in Lambeau. Yeah, I think um, Steelers have been struggling a little bit. I think Big Ben's been kind of looking like a 39-year-old quarterback. So I'd, I'd go Packers there. Yeah, Brothel Spurs looks, ter- looks terrible, doesn't he? Yeah, he's it's, it's a good thing he took that pay cut. <laughs> yeah, looking a little bit rough. Surely yeah, get it going at some point, but I'd, the Packers seem to be playing some good ball right now. So I'd, I'd, I'd look their way. They should look at bringing Cam Newton. I don't know if he fits their their schemes, but he's kind of like that bigger, you know, built quarterback. Um, yeah. Although I don't know if they have like any of the running plays set up. I don't think Roethlisberger is going to uh, – they don't have any of those run plays set up for Roethlisberger as, as it currently stands. So I don't – he doesn't move around so good. <laughs> Not so much. He doesn't fall down either, though. Guy's a tank. He, he's kind of like, what are those, weeble wobbles? But they don't <laughs> yeah. fall not agile, but doesn't go down either. <laughs> um, last game, Bucks at New England. Patriots are seven point dogs. I get I go Bucks all day on that. I think I think Brady's gonna have his little revenge game. Uh, yeah, I mean I don't even like as a Pats fan, I don't I don't know how many are, you know, on Belichick's side of that kind of disagreement i think there's still probably all the love for tb12 up there yeah yeah i gotta lean it, it just seems like the kind of game the bucks win right by like 20 yeah i mean they I, had I feel a tough like loss last week they don't lose brady never loses two in a row it just it's just kind of one of those games yeah he he's somehow still retained that uh chip on his shoulder from being the 199th pick or whatever it was <laughs> yeah it was yeah Supermodel wife that makes more money than him, and he's got seven Super Bowls. But yeah. so I'm sure he'll he'll dig down deep and you know somehow find a chip on his shoulder. Oh, I think there's a lot of stuff he can think about with Belichick that will yeah. will allow him to bring his best this week. Belichick yeah. too, but unfortunately Belichick doesn't get to play in the field, or <laughs> that would be probably worse in the old man. But <laughs> be pretty hilarious. Yeah, he comes um, with the DBs just sit him out there, you know. <laughs> You want one more trivia question before we go? Sure. Yeah, fire away. All right. Tell me who I am. I led the league in 2019 with 5,100 yards passing and 33 touchdowns. In 2020, I threw for 75 yards, and I wasn't even injured. But, hey, this season I'm back to being a starter, and my team is expected to win 9.5 games. I think that's uh, that sounds like Jameis Winston. That's correct. Yeah. When I left out in the 2019 season where he led the league in passing yards, but he was he also had 30 picks and nine fumbles. Jeez, nine fumbles. Yeah, wasn't yeah. the uh, – I want to say that's the first 30-30 season for a quarterback. Yeah, I think only Daniel Jones had more fumbles than him. Damn, that's, uh, that's not so good. <laughs> All how, right. How are, feeling, how are you feeling on your, your Danny Dimes and New York Giants? Uh, you know, oh, Bryson just had a 340, 347. His last round, 347, 343, 340, 341, out of bounds, out of bounds. 
Slacker. Slacker. 347. I think his best of the day was 350, 361. Gotcha. And they're all shorter today because they're hitting into a headwind? 354. Sorry. Yeah, yesterday he was hitting them out there 400 plus. Yep. I won longest drive, by the way, in uh, in this tournament on Monday at Oak Hill. Nice work. Out of, out of 110 people, three, 318. Out of, out of one. Damn, dude. Nice. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Props, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe, maybe you're getting ready once you once you want to hang the uh, spreadsheets up. You can, you can get ready for that career in long drive. Yeah, I think it's a side gig based on the ten thousand YouTube views that this is getting, and not even being on TV. I mean, unless unless you want to just take on the broadcast, you're you're really rounding in the form. This podcast gets half the views that this long drive championship gets, and we don't have Bryson G. Chambeau on. Although I would love to have him on. He should come on. Yeah, that would be that would be another good one. No Mar Garcia Barra and, and Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> yeah. Ten thousand views. They got video, audio, they got announcers. They can't seem to get the scoreboard working, but otherwise it's figure it out. Golf idea. golf channel. Just can you just buy this rights to this tournament? That'd be kind of cool. I, I feel like you gotta get Sandler out there. I you, mean, you what are they what are they showing on TV right now? The Ryder Cup's over. What is there some senior? It's Wednesday, so there's no tournament going on. There's no Tiger story. There's no, there's nothing. There's nothing to talk about, right? They yeah. can't just buy the rights to this thing. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, that I feel like a lot of people would have tuned in for that. It's pretty cool that Bryson's doing that. But yeah, they're just allowing all these aggregators like Zyra Golf and Instagram and all these other accounts to just show all the clips and they're getting all the they're getting all the clicks for it. Right. I mean, like they're just basically taking screenshots of Bryson stripes here, putting them up and getting a million views. And, and they're not like, they're, they're completely screwing this up as the, like, they're not capturing any of the value of putting this event on. Man. I think, I think you might have to reach out to this organization. I, I, I have, have a feeling you could, I have a feeling you could run it a little bit better. It just seems like such a waste, such a waste for them. They Bryson DeChambeau coming to their event, coming off Ryder Cup and the U.S. Open championship. This is kind of their one big chance. This was their one big chance, right? And they couldn't they couldn't sell the rights to they couldn't even. It's, it's so frustrating. And here we are talking about golf again. Sorry, listeners. That's okay. So frustrating. They'll, they'll give you a break, Matt. Yeah. Maybe no one wants to watch a bunch of single-A baseball players swinging as hard as they can, <laughs> trying to relive their glory days. It, it, it could be. It could be part of it. Could be. You just go down to your local uh, driving range and see the same thing. Yeah. Hitting right now is Rocco, Jared, Matt, and Scotty. Farthest is 343. What do you think the steroid testing is like in this event? I mean, I think they should just encourage steroids. Or just like have them in the uh, have them in the booth next to your bucket, like professional wrestling or bodybuilding. Yeah. Just just yeah. lean into. Why it. not? Why not? You're going for the distance. All right, Danny. It's been a pleasure, man. Great talking to you. Let's hang out outside of this at some point. Let's let's go whack some golf balls, man. Yeah, I would love that. Take care, man. All right, good seeing you, Matt. Yeah, see you soon.